The clock counts down the seconds. That sounds great. Do you know how many Jonathan Larsons there are? One. The flame gets closer and closer and closer until all at once everything explodes. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the next edition of Contender Reviews, an offshoot of the Gone with the Wind podcast. I'm your host, Manning, where we go about and dissect, discuss, and ultimately review an Oscar contender, a hopeful, if you will. Uh, we have one in particular, as you heard prior. This is Tick, Tick, Boom, the directorial debut by Lin-Manuel Miranda. We all know him and love him as the Hamilton guy. He will never not be known as the Hamilton guy. I'm sorry. There is no other way. People don't call him the Moana guy. He's the Hamilton guy. He's not in the Heights guy. He is the Hamilton guy. Um, wait. Oh, and Dan is also here. Malcolm should be joining us relatively soon. Dan, where were you? What, what, what would be? I'm the there? Moana guy. No, I'm not. Ah. I, know, I know. I'm joking about that. Excuse me, though. I'm a little bit under the weather, so I just... But no, I freaking love the songs. You're welcome. I mean, I love the songs in Moana. They are and, good. They and are I'm not good. as big on Hamilton, but the guy oh is my. one of the most talented people in the entire face of the planet. Absolutely. I will, I will say that. I will say that. The guy is one of the most talented people in the face of the planet. What he's been able to do in the last 10 or so years in, it, in his career is amazing. I love Moana. Not so much in Canto. But... <laughs> I love In the Heights, not so much Hamilton. So there you go. Oh, wow. That's the first, that's my first thoughts I heard about your feelings on Encanto, but we'll save that for another another day. I'm curious now. Um, but yeah, no, this is a Tick, Tick, Boom, his directorial debut starring uh, uh, Alexandra Shipp, uh, Vanessa Hudgens, uh, Robin DeJesus, I believe, or is it? Uh, Jesus. Jesus. You're right. Yes, you're right. I saw, I, I saw I'm looking at it right now. My first thought was like, oh yeah, Jesus. No, wait, no, that's not right. Nope. Uh, Robin DeJesus. Um, and then, uh, of course, as the leading man playing um, uh, Jonathan Larson. Uh, Jonathan Larson? It is Jonathan Larson. Jonathan Larson, correct? that's it. I yeah. saw it this morning. I should know this by <laughs> heart, but Andrew Garfield and what could be his Academy Award uh, a nominated turn I won't jinx it. We'll talk about that second one, of course. Second one, Hacksaw Ridge is the original one. But we'll talk about that in a second. We talk about the Oscar, Oscar prospects later. Uh, I wanted to talk about Tick, Tick, Boom for a bit, which came out just like, you know, the name implies, Tick, Tick, Boom. Literally, I felt like we just kind of came out of nowhere and rushed onto the scene and kind of exploded. Like, we've heard, we knew it was going to open AFI Fest, but it opened AFI Fest with rupturous critical acclaim it got it has a current like high score on metacritic I and mean, let me look at the rotten tomato score at this moment i should have had this up but i'm rushing around for the past uh few days and we're trying to tighten this in get this in before we do our main show in literally less than an hour so it's gonna be a uh, um it's gonna be a jam-packed agenda is what we got going on today um but tick tick boom right now um is uh, uh sits at a well a good 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh 74% on Metacritic. So that in and of itself is still a relatively good, you know, that's a good number of critics that definitely adore it. And I've heard nothing but mostly praise, if not muted, you know, enthusiasm where it's been like, hey, I like it. People either love it or they like it. But I don't know what your opinion is, Dan, on this. Uh, what is your opinion on tick tick boom as a whole? Well, I'll tell you, you know, we've discussed this on some of the earlier um, Gone with the Winds. 
I have stated this before. This is the year of the musical. We've already gotten three musicals. Now this is the fourth musical, and we still got a fifth musical still to come. That's not including animated films that sing. Um, and I'll tell you what, there is a mix of different styles of filmmaking within this one movie. And obviously the musical aspect of it, right? Yes. But then you have then you have the time lapse storyline and then you have the archival footage stuff that's in here and it's all put into this about a buck 45 buck 50 uh buck 50. Um, minute movie but it creates a very nice through line where you get to see the beginning of this man's life but also a framing sequence while he's performing tick tick boom for that was audience. a really cool that was really cool if i just might interject that was a really cool framing device they used to kind of interweave his stories along with the actual tick tick boom musical but go ahead yeah and and that stuff inter inter intermixed with the archival footage and the stuff in the past really worked well for me but as of other musicals this year the songs and some of the other ones didn't work i like the songs and um in the heights not so much in dear evan hansen and the our, our french film was a little bit ugh, i got it was like one song i liked in that but the, oh, yeah. they're catchy the songs are catchy in this yeah they, they are. you find yourself singing along to the songs like, what the, what's going on here these songs are good yes. and i owe that owes not only to garfield but really lin-manuel miranda who's been able to perfect this kind of speaking, singing type of thing with In the Heights, Hamilton, and so forth, where it sounds like they're speaking, but they're singing. Even in Moana, the songs are being spoken in a way, but sung in a way. And it kind of really was, I thought, beautiful and, and, and very entertaining. The various different characters that were singing, but mostly Jonathan Larson. I mean, I really enjoyed this movie, but I don't think this movie would have been half as good without Andrew Garfield. He definitely, he's mm -hmm. now in the mix for best actor. I didn't have him in my five, but after seeing Tick, Tick, Boom, he is in my five. Um, just, I mean, he's, I, he's just amazing. And, and I will tell you this a little bit behind the scenes. I have a think piece about Andrew Garfield in the works Mm. And I'm currently in the middle of writing a think piece about Andrew Garfield's career and 2021 as a whole for him. What an amazing year this guy's had. No, I agree. This this year, I mean, usually he is one of the unsung heroes of most years that he does because I don't think there's been, well, scratch that. I'm sure there's been some bad performances from him, but he's the type of person who gives his all. He's not afraid to go out of his box and do something very different. Uh, this movie I found to be utterly fascinating because I don't know anything about Jonathan Larson other than he did Rent. Right. And and the, all my musical theater friends uh, will will cringe when I say that I don't really care for Rent personally. I never really got into the music, never really got, uh, I guess, like, other than like what Tango Maria and not, uh, 524,000, whatever the 600 minutes, the yeah. classics. But I love, yeah, you those know. are great songs. Yeah. Um, I, I just never really gravitated toward that. So I was hesitant to feel like how I would feel regarding Jonathan Larson as the artist, but it definitely, you don't have to know 
one thing I noticed is that it was very accessible. It was there was a lot of fun little tidbits from what people in theater were telling me, like, "Hey, look at this famous person over here. This is a callback to something he did here, or a callback to the Rent musical here." Cool, that's awesome. But at the same time, it was accessible to people who don't really know much about Jonathan Larson because it doesn't deal with him writing Rent. This is a, this is him writing a musical that never even existed. So, uh, suburbia or no, not suburbia. So, uh, Supernova or super something. Something along those lines. I need to double check check Supernova, this. Supernova, um, I think it was, or something like that. No, it was something else. It was suburbia, like superbia. Su Superbia, something. Yeah, I think that's right. It's not Suburbicon. That's another that's a movie. <laughs> yeah, we don't um, want to talk about that. No, we don't talk about that. Um, even um, anyway, the musical theater kid in me, because I did musical theater in high school, was just giddy with how the musical, because all these songs, these were written by, I'm pretty sure these were all written by Jonathan Larson himself when he, this is because this is something he did. And this is an adaptation because Linda Mel Miranda saw this. And I'm sure as the big theater geek that he is, the big theater nerd, the big, theater fan uh theater kid at heart that he is he saw this and was like i want to adapt this i'm curious as to why he chose this i need to i want to look into that about why he wanted to do this is it because of his adoration for rent of jonathan larson because he's really kind of a tragic character or a tragic human he's not a character but a tra he's a tragic human being because especially when you know about him his passing the day before rent opening which i i knew about that and that, again it's just kind of more tragic when you think about how how he passed away which they don't really get into in the movie but i'll let you everyone look into that because it was a diagnosis that misdiagnosis they could have found out and he could have operated and saved his life and he'll never know how big rent was so it kind of hits even harder especially knowing this um spoiler alert but that's kind of how it plays out but they don't really go into his death unless unless they have like that little sentence at the end um but i think that this was just a well adapted musical i don't know how tick tick boom the actual off-broadway production goes i completely went in cold turkey but as someone who enjoys musicals and enjoys kind of like the feel of musicals I was blown away just by how much I wanted to get up and start dancing because I knew none of these songs other than what the trailers have showed me. And I just wanted to start, you know, just dancing in my chair. I got, you know, popcorn already. I watched this morning and it was just like, like, I'm still in my head, uh, the turning 30 or, um, or 30, uh, 30, 90. That's one that's been in my head, like on repeat. Senses, I don't know about um, you, but what's the sense, senses, sense, some, something. One of the ones that he he had a really hard time writing, and then Jennifer come to your senses. Oh, that's so to, good. Uh, she ends up singing, and I, I, that was really the height of the the film, in my opinion. At this Crescendo. point, yeah, really, because it really showed how much this man put into his craft and how much he was struggling outside of working on this. His whole life was basically you know without spoiling it is a sham was a shambles i mean he he just couldn't keep in a relationship he was living in a dumpy little apartment i mean he he was losing his best friend i mean it was just like so much the guy was going through to do this you know and, and, and I, what what was coming out of it was so brilliant it was just brilliant and i think that this movie um i tweeted this out right after i saw it is that this movie is a uh, uh, really starts to commentate and on the idea of that balance between someone's artistry, what they love and their passion, what they love to do, but also the reality of life. Because you cannot throw yourself into your work, into your own passion, because there's going to be consequences. And the consequences in this case was 
he lost a relationship. He, you know, um, uh, almost lost a friend. He, he was basically barely making ends meet. It was the definition of when people think of a starving artist, that's kind of what that's what you would think of is what Jonathan Larson was currently going through. The fact that his they shut off his spoiler alert, they shut off his power ultimately because he kept paying, he wouldn't pay his bills. That's it's just it's a great commentary upon because all this time I'm thinking you are in a very privileged position, sir, to be able to make it and survive. But at the same time, I'm sorry because I, all of us were in that situation at the same time. Like, there was a great scene. I won't spoil. Well, spoiler alert because this is a discussion that we're talking about the movie. So full on spoilers right now. There is a great discussion with um his friend Michael and um uh, himself where he says that you, he's like, oh, I'm running out of time. And he says, Are you really running out of time? Because I think at the end it shows that you don't you don't it doesn't matter how old you are you can create as many wonderful pieces of art or put your passion out there as as long as you draw breath it doesn't have to be how old you are and I love that message because so long myself included I'm 26 years old and I'm thinking wow all these people are so successful Stephen Sondheim did that at, at that age holy cow but it's like no you don't have to be that age like unless you're unless you've you've drawn your last breath you can still create art and still do what you're passionate about in a way where you can balance the 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 reality of life but also following your passion and your artistry and that message is great because it kind of gives we're in a pat we're in a way where we both sympathize and both understand wow michael's right and i i think that's a really great message you don't really see that it's most like follow your dreams to the very end but it shows that well follow your dreams but you don't need to give up on them at a certain at a certain age you can find that balance because some people, spoiler alert, like Michael, don't have that much time left. And it was a really beautiful thing. That's a great message, yeah, was, honestly. Oh man, was that powerful? I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking about maybe even Adam um Jesus into the best supporting yes. actor race. I mean, after that. I mean, he was so good. But I wanted to tell you the, his struggles, yeah, he's a he's a writer and he's trying to develop a, a yeah. Broadway play. That's different, but we all have. I mean, a lot of us have these symbols. I'm, I'm a prime example. I have toiled away for years to achieve what I've been achieving in the last year and a half to two years as a film critic here in Orlando and finally getting in a, in a guild and then getting yeah. FYC screeners and getting press invites directly to my inbox and stuff like that. I have worked and toiled away for years to get to this point. And guess what? I still struggle financially. I still struggle with my own personal. I have the house I live in is falling apart. You know, I got an old beater of a car, 20 year old car, you know? Yeah, I have a, a job. That is what's keeping me afloat. But my passion, my love of being a film critic has been so driven that I wanted to keep going. I'm going to fight and claw. And, and I did. And, I, and, and, and I'm, I'm right now at a point where I'm really successful in my local area as a film critic. And yeah. um, last year, obviously you, 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 you kind of invited me into gone with the wind and stuff like that. And I really, it's, it's been a, a blessing for me to be part of this yeah. show, you know, but a lot of people are exactly like Jonathan Larson and they have a passion for something and they're struggling. And it's, it really, I think a lot of people can relate to this character. And that's what not only the music is just so relatable and entertaining, but the character of Jonathan Larson and the performance by Garfield as this character, this really a human type character, 
everybody can relate to this struggles and and whatnot and and you're you you have a career and you have you're in the local news and stuff like that but your school news and stuff like that but you're you know everything's not easy you know everything's not easy for you either you know i mean oh heavens and and it's that's why this this character and this but the way they 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 created this uh, through line of the story and so forth is so relatable to people when there are Lynn Manuel Miranda really put, I think, a lot of himself into this. If you if you if, if you think about it, you know, I think well, I think maybe less he put himself into that, and that maybe that's a commentary upon he was in that same position like Jonathan was. Jonathan Larson is a universal individual. Like you don't have to be like a playwright or a, a, an artist from Broadway or focusing on that. It could be anyone in the arts. Anyone because the arts Doctor, is not Doctor, singer, singer, songwriter as he was, yeah. uh, a producer, editor, cinematographer, uh, a grip even. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a it's about the idea of follow your dreams, but this is what I really like about the movie because it's not like this hunky dory follow your dreams and everything will work out. It didn't work out originally for him because spoiler alert, he didn't know what this musical really didn't go anywhere. It was well reviewed, but it didn't go anywhere. And it shows that, hey, you follow your dreams, but don't forget you're here on this life. You're here. Excuse me. You're here on this earth for a long period of time. It doesn't have to end there. You can continue to make art. Just also find that balance as well too because at the detriment of him because all this time i wanted to shake jonathan and be like jonathan you need to talk to her you need to talk to what's her name um uh, what's Alexander her name susan Ship. was it susan? No, susan oh god let me look her up i forget her name, I forget and, and her name. She, like, i'm like talk to her just spend five minutes to talk to her it was an obsessed he was an obsessed artist and i know that we've all been there at some point like oh let me just do this one more thing i know i'm guilty of that even editing these podcasts one more. I need to do this. One more thing. One more thing. Uh, yep. I, again, Susan. It's Susan. Wow. Yeah. I, how did I remember that? Uh, Good job. I, I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember some things about this movie, but I remembered that. Anyway, I remember the actors more than I do the character names sometimes. No, but I. Well, speaking of the actors, can I just say like everyone did phenomenal in this. Like the the way they trend the way they transformed into their characters, specifically the relationship and this the the, the innocence and the sweetness, because you could tell. These two characters of Jonathan and Susan loved each other. They cared about each other immensely. It's just at the end of the day, their lives were not intertwined. At the end of the day, he put his career over her. And it's like, ah, it and that hurts happens a you. Lot. That yeah, happens the does. other way around, too. That happens the other way around, too. The way the woman is successful yeah. and she's got a career and she's got... She's puts her career above him. And then put, said, you know what, honey? Sorry, I got to go. I got, I'm going this way. You're going that way. See you later, you know? And it happens all over the place in every town and every state and every country in America and in the world. I mean, the, this kind of thing is happening. Once again, a relatable topic yes. in society. There's so much intertwined here that, I mean, you could get behind if you're a jilted lover, if you're a, a, a person looking to create some kind of art and, and it's not going well, if you're the best friend of whatever. I mean, even, I mean, not in a big role, uh, Bradley Whitfield as Stephen Sondheim was very good, very good, very in a small good. Role. but obviously we know what happens in the future with Sondheim because they work together on rent down the road. So he saw something in him in this, in this leading up to all this, 
Now you're looking give me those eyes. Am I wrong? Yeah, wait, Soddenherm, Soddenherm, Soddenherm. I thought he helped them with that. Did he? Again, I'm not a musical theater buff. I could be very wrong. I don't know. I didn't know if he, obviously he's still alive. He was on Stephen Colbert literally like two or three weeks ago, which is phenomenal at 90 something years old. So good for him. I don't know if he was. I I believe he, he consulted, consulted maybe, maybe this is is producers, the directors, there's there's all kinds of different people that are involved in productions, you know, but the thing is rent, Obviously, we all know it became a huge. It went twelve years. Yes, it was on Broadway, Rent was on Broadway for twelve years. How the hell? Can well, be on- it's no Phantom of the Opera, which has been on since I don't know the dawn of yeah. time. Well, I mean, Phantom yeah. of the Opera is great as well. I mean, how can you go wrong there? But but Rent really captured a lot of that kind of that that New York, um, those young people, and how they were just trying to succeed and get into the. Broadway and get into the stage and become a singer, become a dancer, that whole kind of people. And they're all just struggling, three or four people, struggling, five people yeah. living in an apartment, you know, eating bologna sandwiches and stuff. <laughs> so, okay. So I beg the question as well, too, because all this was done from a very distinctly beautiful visual style from Lynn Manuel, Lynn Manuel, Lynn, we'll call him Lynn. We'll just call him Lynn from Lynn's style as a director from a directorial standpoint, how do you think that that translated? Because I actually really enjoyed his direction. And again, I preface by saying I have never seen the actual off-Broadway production of Tick, Tick, Boom. So I can't comment upon how it's done there or whatnot. All I can say is what I've seen with my own two eyes with this film. And I think he did an excellent job. There were a couple times where I felt like, why was this song needed? I don't know. Like, for instance, the, the diner one, I'm like, cool, but... It didn't progress the story in the slightest, I think, personally, or having that inclusion of or having where they were having that uh, argument, him and Susan, but also having that song. To me, it took away almost from the actual argument. But at the same time, I love the song. So my brain's over here trying to do mental gymnastics. I was literally going, you can't see me because this is a, a video. This is an audio only, but I'm over here just kind of like contemplating my my fingers over my temples thinking like do i like this i don't know i i appreciate it but something like that where i don't know if that was a directorial choice or if that actually happens in the the actual play production um what what, what was your thought on him and him as a directorial because there were some great things that he did from a visual standpoint of him going back and forth with like the actual where they used to live to where or back when they're looking for apartments he and my uh jonathan and michael going back and forth with the old and the new, like there were some great visual touches that I thought was, were very distinct and very well done, but how was he overall as a director? You think Dan? I'll tell you what, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right now looking forward to the next thing he's going to direct because we obviously we've gotten in the Heights, Evan Hansen, we've gotten uh, Annette and we're getting West Side Story and we've gotten maybe a musical or two the last five or 10 years you know, maybe one musical a year, yeah. two max. I'll tell you what, the style, it was quick. It kept moving. It wasn't like it, you got to see what what you needed to see and it moved on to the next thing, whether it be an archival footage, whether it be an older part of his life or whether it be him on stage singing uh, the, the production with his, with his group. It, it kept moving. And I think that, kind of quick paced because this wasn't a, wasn't like an, a, sh- a quick hour and a half 
hour 45 or i mean it seemed like the two hour mark like this film had a lot to say but yet it kept moving and that that quick style that quick moving of the story and the um the film along really was good because then it you got to the end of it and you're like oh wow it's over and you're like there was a lot that was going on in this movie yet it ended relatively quick in my perception and that's that's because he has done a production of stage and he knows he's got to do it quick it's got to move on quick move on to the next thing you can't be dragging and in between the songs he put stuff that really mattered and uh, the, the time lapse stuff and the archival stuff I, i'm looking forward to what he could do next i mean this year's proven all the different yeah. things he's he's able he's involved with in the heights and canto this i mean i can totally see him getting I could totally see him getting a like a first time director DGA nomination. That is something that could absolutely happen. I could see. I don't think Chris he's getting choice. Any... Indie. Yeah, Chris choice. Is, uh, this wouldn't be considered an indie now, no. right? Because no, yeah, I don't think it. No, well, it all depends. Like passing is considered indie, but it's not. And it, it is Netflix. They bought it. Netflix bought Netflix it. Yeah, bought they bought it. Yeah. it. So okay, this is so, an original movie for Netflix. I think you're right. No, it is. They acquired the rights. So I think this is more. I think. Honestly, the only place you're going to see him show up is, if anything, first time DGA. Like you know, like that might be the first time because we had some great first time directorial uh, like people this this year. Like again, at great actors turn great directors, and Rebecca Hall from this past year, which I adore. Passing, we'll get into that on the main show. But all oh, anyway, beautiful, 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 beautiful. movie. Uh, but no, tick tick boom. Uh, I, I am, yeah, I think he has a great distinct visual style. I'm really appreciative of it. Um, he really kind of, he really kind of made this story come to life from a visual and auditory perspective. And I can't wait to see what he does next. Just like how the critics couldn't wait to see what Jonathan does next. I can't wait to see what Lynn does next. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he just has this innate ability to create something that's cinematic whether it's an animated movie where it's a musical two different types of musicals you know one about his own personal life and one about somebody else's personal life he just he just has this ability to create uh great things and you know it's he's even been on like the, the uh the show on hbo you know um uh, God, I can't think of the show. I've watched every episode and now I can't think of it. You know, he's done a documentary about his father. You know, he's done so much stuff over the years. You know, he's such a philanthropic guy too. You know, he does a lot for uh, various places where he's lived or places that he's yeah. from or whatever. So the guy has just got, I mean, talent for days and it's never going to stop. We are, we would be remiss if we didn't highlight with the, with the twenty minutes that we have left. Um, Andrew Garfield as Jonathan Larson. I have seen. I saw on YouTube recommended to me the actual stage performance of Tick Tick Boom that Jonathan Larson did all those years ago, and he actually literally did back in ninety one, and the opening of thirty ninety that he actually did. It, it's uncanny how much he Andrew Garfield becomes Jonathan Larson. 
who I don't really know much about before I saw this, but I believed every single thing that he did, every action, every small thing, every small tick he may have had as, as like, there's one thing that he, he, he did a lot, which was like, if you look back, he kind of, he looked down a lot and then kind of flashed a smile, go back and look at that. These little small things. Obviously I don't know what Jonathan actually was, but from what I could see, he not only got those mannerisms down, he was a fully fleshed out character and made you really kind of relate and believe and the heartache that he was experiencing when he realized he put all his stock into this musical that he forgot everyone else. The heartbreak that he shows in his pursuit and ultimately it coming crashing down, you feel for him. I was like, oh man, I'm going to cry right here because it shows just the level of layers not only the character had, but what Andrew Garfield gave him. And I think this is brilliant and one of the best lead performances of this year, male or female, one of the best lead performances I have seen. I haven't seen King Richard just yet. I was just telling Dan, I watched watched 30 minutes before we started this. So don't quote me on the best male performance just yet. But from what I've seen so far, he is phenomenal. What are your thoughts on Andrew Garfield, Dan? No, I mean, I know it's not part of the performance, but... It's kind of funny though. He's got this crazy haircut, and then you see the archival footage, and the art, he's got the same hair as like a like a little seven, eight, ten year old, whatever he is. There, like, man, they got the, the hair right. Resemblance yeah, is mean, great. Yeah, he. I mean, he was great. He looked like him. I mean, because there was stuff in the credits where they're showing footage in the credits. Yeah, yes, it was. And, right. And they look. He looks just like the guy. And but I love. There's a there's an interview that I read about. Uh, or I, I watched an interview with Lynn manuel Miranda, or or was it Garfield, one or the other? And they talked about how Garfield was doing his sound check for for the singing and, 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 and doing the songs and stuff like this. And Miranda wasn't supposed to be anywhere near, but he kind of snuck in the back. And he's singing these songs, and he's like, oh, my God, this guy is good. And he runs up to him, and he says, oh, my God, we got it. We got a song. I don't have to recast. We got a great actor. We don't have to recast. Huh. And it was like this adulation for Miranda that he didn't have to recast. He, knew he had mm. the guy that was going to play this character. And we saw that guy on screen and he just blows us away. I mean, we thought he could be in the best actor category, but we didn't have him in until now. We had... Peter Dinklage, we haven't seen uh, Cyrano. Benedict Cumberbatch, we haven't seen Power of the Dog. And I, of course, have seen King Richard. You got about a half hour into the movie so far. And I, I can sit here and honestly say, he definitely is going to be in the five. Now you have to say... Confidently. You say that Gar confidently. Garfield is in the five now. Now you're dealing with one spot left. Who gets that final spot? If, you, if those four make the five who gets that final spot and it's going to be a cutthroat. I mean, both the male best actor and best female, uh, female actress or actress are amazing. I mean, we came off and I, I'm not knocking last year at all. I am not knocking it, but there wasn't nearly this many contenders in these categories. as There was last year, even. Yeah. I love Carrie Mulligan. I love Francis McDonald. But I'm thinking to myself, are those even are, would they even be nominated this year? Either one of those performances, and that's a tough question to ask. But we don't have to worry about that because they came out last year and they both did great last year. And Francis won last yes. year, and that's all that matters. 
That was a, that, that was a race. Whew. So we're dealing with this year, and we got. I mean, Garfield. Look at the people: Benedict Cumberbatch, Peter Dinklage, Will Smith, Andrew Garfield, possibly a Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe you don't know what a five that would be, right? Mm-hmm. What that a would five be a five. if that's the five. And listen, the best actor you or look maybe back a Javier day. Bardem. Maybe a Javier Bardem. Maybe in there. you have a. You ha- there's honestly a lot of actors you could pull from for that for that actual you know for best actor there's a lot of actors you can actually pull from which will lead us into the discussion of actually let's get into it now because we only have 15 minutes left and i think we should i need at least a few minutes to send in the link but um the oscar chances for tick tick boom this is where i'm very upset at netflix i don't know if the movie wasn't done why did they wait two weeks before? No, they waited a week before it went to select theaters and then two weeks before it went on Netflix. Why did they not campaign? Because this got rapturous reviews. This got this was well-liked by audiences right now as well as critics. Why did they not push this along with a Power of the Dog or The Lost Daughter? Did they not? Because Netflix is one of those, is one of those companies unlike some maybe independent or not independent, but, you know, other production houses like Sony Pictures Classics or Focus Features that will have one or two and push them in comparison to Netflix, which will have a lot and they will push. Do you think it's solely based upon the fact of they've had in the past where it's bit them in the butt, where they've tried to, um, where they've tried to do too many and they realize, okay, we have to focus on one, maybe two, which in this case, Lost Daughter and, um, which has gotten a lot of screenings with Maggie Gyllenhaal, another possible first-time director nominee at DGA, and then The Power of the Dog. Is it because of those two are out and they're focusing on campaigning those and like, because uh, if you have a lead actress for Lilia Coleman, a lead actor for uh, Benedict Cumberbatch in their respective films, they can split those. Do you think they just didn't do that because it's already a super crowded field and maybe if something happened, it would just be based upon the quality of the film for Tick, Tick, Boom and all? No, I think this is what's going on. They want to see. They Tell wanted me. to see the reaction. They wanted to hmm. see the reaction from the theaters. Obviously, the AFI. Then the theaters. How many people were going out to see it? Getting their two-week window, their qualifying window in, which now they have their qualifying window, which is two weeks in New York and LA, and then see how popular it is on Netflix. How many people are watching there? I don't know what they call them, their analytics, um, and see the, the – It's I think it's number four as of this moment on Netflix top ten list. Um, but that's going to keep going up the more the word gets out, word gets out that this is a great movie, but it's also one of the best performances of the year. Then they're going to say, okay, whoop, tick, tick, boom, we got to circle some of the stuff. Original songs, uh, if there's any original songs, I don't I know. Don't- Mm, I'll check. I'll check while you're talking. I think there's one original. No, that's that's never mind. Licorice Pizza's got an original song. My bad. Like, um, Dear uh, Evan Hansen, I think has an original has an original song they added, but yeah. I don't think they did that for Tick Tick Boom. But again, I'm about to check right now. Yeah. So uh, there's there, there's some great production value here. There's great direction here. Yeah. There's great writing here. I mean, uh, I mean the writing is off the chain because. How do they keep all this kind of moving forward? I mean, it's in making it make sense where I thought the writing was really good. I mean, there was so much dialogue. There's so much dialogue from Jonathan Larson, his friends, his girlfriend, you know, 
And it's like, how mm-hmm. do you keep all this? The script has got to be tight. I mean, tight for this to work like this, you know? And I mean, th- those are the chances. But I mean, the, the the one that they have got to circle is Garfield. I mean, you can't ignore Garfield if you're Netflix and if you're going to be doing the cam- campaigning. No, agreed. Well, actually, what I was about to say, uh, two things that I just found out from reading this um, is that... In July 2018, Lin Manuel Miranda made a director would make his directorial debut with uh, this musical adaptation, with Imagine Entertainment and Julio producing. So Netflix didn't acquire it until June 2019. So it's not a Netflix production; they're just distributing it. Imagine. So, I don't know what Imagine Entertainment. That's that's Ron Howard and Brian Grazer. Oh my goodness, you're right! Wow, I didn't realize that that was the case. Yep. Um, so. It was, it's so depending on depending on, on how big the budget is, it probably might be big, so it may not be independent. You may see it show up. I don't know, um, but it all depends on how big the budget is. But two is that it was written by Stephen Levinson, um, who did Dear Evan Hansen. Whoa, so, yeah, turn of that, events there. I, I agreed. It's very interesting to see that turn of events because Dear Evan Hansen was um, uh, not well received, shall we say? No, no not at all. And the other thing uh, is, they could Netflix could be going after De Jesus and supporting Ship and supporting. Those are some people they could look at for um, Tick Tick Boom as well. Okay. Well, and also we'll to clarify as well too is that um, dear he only did the Dear Evan Hansen uh, musical. He didn't do the film adaptation. It looks like, um, so never mind then. <laughs> um, yeah, no, he did. He did not. Um, oh nope, he did do the musical version. Wow, he did the movie version. So he did Tick Tick Boom and Dear Evan Hansen in one day. Wow, look, talk about a difference in quality. Oh yeah, I mean, amazing quality. I mean, I mean yeah. the, the quality and the script is amazing. I mean. Now, would this be adapted? Do you believe or yes. original? This is adapted because they're adapt. They are, from what I'm guessing, they are adapting from the musical Tick Tick Boom, taking liberties from what I'm seeing, but they are adapting. And did he write a book? Was there a book about this or no? Was there a book written about this? A... I could. I just no, think it's based I off the. I, th- I think okay. it's based off the Off Broadway production, but I could be okay. wrong. All right, um, no, you're probably, no, you're probably. I, I, I'm thinking about so. I got so many things running through my mind about what movies are doing because I'm writing. Trust me, I'm, I feel that. I'm writing uh, so much right now, so it's just. But no, yeah, I mean, you can't ignore Garfield if you're Netflix. You just can't do it. And if you do, if you look, I haven't seen Power of the Dog. You haven't seen Power of the Dog. Not yet. If if we, if if Netflix has Power of the Dog come out and it doesn't get the reception that we all think it's going to get. Maybe they jump on the Garfield uh, train. Well, see, the critics are already loving the power of the dog. And while the audiences may not gravitate toward it, I can totally see them still, you know, I think the power of the dog at this point is with Jane uh, Campion. I think it's absolutely going to hit regardless, even if audiences don't gravitate toward it because critics love it so much. Uh, I think, honestly, um, its best day for Tick, Tick, Boom is four. That's it. Just four Oscars is its best day. Picture, sound okay five excuse me five picture sound screenplay actor and then supporting actor i don't know how else it could it's cool as the cinematography is i don't see it breaking an already crowded field editing fine really good actually in some really parts great visual gags but not gonna very good editing very good yeah very good editing um 
the screenplay would, would be a great adaptation. I don't, I don't think ad- adapted is still a very interesting field right now, shall we say? So it could move its way in if they like it and picture it could make that 10 easily if West Side Story doesn't hit. I don't, I don't think they're going to go for both, mainly because that two musicals in one year, when's the last we'll time that one. happened? We and we have five this year, and we're gonna probably we remember way back when we were talking. How we many can musicals can we get in? And we're now we're talking. We're we're like scratching if we're gonna get one musical. Yes, it you all know? depends on how West Side Story goes. But the one thing I, I love about this year is how many real people have we been getting? I mean, this is ridiculous. The real people that we're getting movies about, and they're all great. It's not. They're not like a bunch of bombs or nothing. Like everyone, now we're hearing being the Ricardos is incredible. Yeah, which is fascinating because we'll talk about this in the, in the, in the episode. Like Tick Tick, not Tick Tick Boom, excuse me. Uh, don't look up better, I guess, than I expected it to be. But again, we'll get into that. Let's get I'm Adam a K, you know, I, I can't wait. I got it next Tuesdays from now. Two Tuesdays from now. So for, yeah, and I think at its best, at its core, the most likely and assured nomination to me is you're right. I think Garfield is a lock at this point. Uh, There is a world where he misses, of course, if like it doesn't, if it loses steam, tick, tick, boom, if the conversation doesn't continue and they keep championing him, Netflix needs to do some pushing. Right now, if you look at their YouTube channel and their like social medias, they are all on board tick, tick, boom right now, but also it's the week it came out. So I know why. So they're really, you know, trying to make sure people see it but at the same time i think that if they continue that conversation and it's in the cultural zeitgeist garfield's almost assured nomination i had a discussion with um someone else in this sphere jacob london who loved the film but he doesn't think because netflix has dropped the ball in the past which i could understand because netflix has had a tra- uh, a shoddy record but at the same time look at something like uh roma Roma got an unknown actor and a supporting actress because they pushed that. I still believe at the end of the day that they're going to get in. Power of the Dog is going to make it in regardless. It's in, And I think Cumberbatch is already in. I'm almost certain that Garfield will make it based upon just how critical acclaim that he is getting in particular. Not just the movie, but Garfield is getting. As long as, you know, that it continues to be in the cultural zeitgeist. As long as people keep talking about it, as long as people show it, as long as there's academy screenings, SAG screenings, craft screenings from the different guilds, it can make its way because as long wow. as they keep talking about it, his performance, it's there. It's that good. Like, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's that good, but there's so much about the film is that good. Yes. And it's, mm-hmm. you look at his performance and you're like, man, this guy's incredible. Everything around him, the editing, like you said, the sound, the supporting work by people, the direction. I mean, I, we, we we had this on our kind of peripheral of a film that could be in, but mm-hmm. until we kind of had a chance to see it and the word of mouth cut out and everybody was like, oh, my God. And then both of us, me and you, are, which is blown away by this movie and everything yeah. about it. So this is definitely a very good shot at multiple award nominations. And, mm-hmm. I mean... I would not be upset if Garfield won, but I got oh. my eggs in a basket yes. for uh, Will Smith. Yeah, no, I think at this point we all have our eggs in the basket, but I would not be, you know, upset if Garfield came out on top uh, because it's it's a great performance. And do we think he's number two at this point, or is he like number three still behind Cumberbatch? Yeah, because I'm seeing Cyrano Tuesday, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you. What, what, what my four is going to be next week on the show. How about that? 
Well, I'm not going to see Benedict Cumberbatch, but. Well, if you do, let me know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to have to wrap it up now because it is almost time to actually get on the podcast, the actual podcast, not just our review. So we're going to wrap up. Uh, Dan, your final thoughts on Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, what a great, great um, film. Of all the musicals that came out this year, I didn't think this was going to turn out to be the best one. We haven't seen West Side Story yet, but as of right now, this is my favorite musical of the year. Agreed. Definitely one of my favorite films of the year. And you can and Andrew Garfield's by, great. Yes, and That's as you hear by our rush tone, we gotta we're running we're wrapping it up because we gotta start the next episode in two minutes because I got an hour before I gotta go film Sting. Yes, you guys heard it right. I'm gonna go film Sting. Discussion. I'll talk about that later. Uh, and I think Tick Tick Boom is a beautiful directorial debut by Lin Memo Miranda. It's not a perfect film. But it's so good. It is so fantastic. An emotional powerhouse of a film. I called it an emotional wrecking ball because that's what it is at the end of the day. It wears its heart upon its sleeve and Garfield leads the ship beautifully into it. It's like this emotional harbor of just all these good feelings. It makes you feel everything. And I love movies that make you feel. Passing, as I saw, made you think. And it did make you feel to a different extent. But this one is one that kind of lays all its emotion bare. It's not introspective. It's very explosive and out there. Very reminiscent of musical theater to an extent. And I think he adapted this beautifully. Stephen Stephen, uh, uh, Levinson? I can't remember exactly his name. But he adapted it. Yeah. Great adaptation. I loved it. The actors are great. Garfield, chef's kiss. Um, But yeah, you can, uh, Dan, where can they find you real fast? You can find me at disappointmentmedia.com where I write for a local uh, website here in uh, Orlando and uh, my blog from the fourth row dot wordpress.com or Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Twitter. My name, Dan Skip Allen, DP Skip Allen, something like that. Something like that. And you can find me on Twitter at Cine underscore man. That's C-I-N-E underscore M-A-N-N. As well as here hosting Gone with the Wind and Contender Reviews when I can make it. Uh, I can't. Won't be, I won't be able to make it through all of them. But if we cannot, Dan or Malcolm will take over for ones that I cannot make for certain movies. Because I have a full-time job and a part-time job, slightly. Gig work, regardless. And you can find me also uh, on WFMY News 2, where I host once a week the News 2 reviews. This past week was passing. You can check that out on our YouTube channel, WFMY News 2. And again, thank you guys for joining us for Contender Reviews. This has been Tick, Tick, Boom. So, tick, tick, tick. <laughs>